You will turn your Bibles with us to St. John chapter 7, one of the most familiar verses and texts that you'll hear me read and preach on probably more and more as uh, I get older. I'm reminded that Jesus himself spoke more of the Holy Spirit in his latter few weeks and months than he did the whole time while on earth. In other words, when when his death drew near, more and more he spoke of this great manifestation of the Holy Spirit. And let me give you just a a little bit of where he was and, and what was going on. As most of you know, there were several holidays that were celebrated uh, by the Jewish people. And sometimes they went to Jerusalem, this great city. And there were thousands of people, no doubt, here to worship God and here to offer sacrifices. Well, what would happen, the priest would take a golden vessel... And he would go down to the pool of Siloam and he would fill that vessel full of water. And he would take it back to to where he would sacrifice uh, in the temple. And he he mixed it with uh, wine. So it was water mixed with wine taken from the pool of Siloam, taken to offer and to pour on the sacrifices. And yet while this was happening and when this took place, there was a great joyful singing by the people going with him. As they came from the pool of Siloam back to offer up these sacrifices, there was uh, singing with great joy. And it is amazing to walk those streets and to see what went on. And what took place there. And uh, it was during this time that we read this text and that Jesus spoke. And I wanted you to get a little picture of what was happening. And and the crowd and the priest and all the rituals that went on and, and the noise that was happening. And then all of a sudden there was this thunderous voice. That riveted through this group of people. And it says here on the last day, that great day of the feast, which was the feast of the tabernacle, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, You see the water flowing. You see the pool of Siloam. You see the water on the sacrifices. And here's what he said. If any one thirst, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart, out of his belly, the King James says, out of his innermost being, out of his soul, will flow rivers of living waters. Wow. John made no mistake about what Jesus was saying when he writes, but this he spoke concerning the Spirit. You say, what Spirit? 
talking about the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about the Spirit that was there on the day when, when God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form. And the earth was void. And the Spirit moved upon the face of the earth. That same Spirit. That same Spirit. The third person of the Godhead. The Holy Spirit. This spoke He concerning the Spirit. Whom those believing in Him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given. Because Jesus was not yet glorified. Was the Holy Spirit here? Yes. He was from time and eternity. The Holy Spirit was not here. But John interprets the words of Jesus to refer to the pouring out of the Holy Spirit that was still to come. The Holy Spirit certainly... Make no mistake about it, certainly existed from all eternity, but was not yet present in the sense indicated. In fact, Acts tells us this way in the second chapter of the book of Acts in the 33rd verse. Therefore being exalted, this is after Jesus' death. This is after he was buried. This is after he rose the third day. Luke writes it this way. Therefore being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. Powerful. Powerful. That's what Jesus was talking about. That's what he was saying that that would, would happen, that, would, that certainly would come. In fact, in, in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. That's what he's talking about. Pouring out of the Holy Spirit. If you do not have an outline of the, of the message, please raise your hand. We want to make sure that you get one. This is a keeper. Is your wife a keeper? Huh? You better say amen. Well, is your husband a keeper? Ooh, I didn't hear a lot of amen. Wait a minute. I'm going to change and preach on marriage. Would you turn your Bible to the... No, I won't. <laughs> this is a keeper because it's important that we understand. How many of you believe we're living in the last days? The church... Needs to be effective in these last days. But the church will not be effective unless we have what we're talking about this morning. Amen. 
Notice the introduction, Jesus speaking publicly in the temple as on the most crowded day of the most popular feast of Israel. Issues the call, are you thirsty? Come and drink. When Jesus stands up in the middle of the festival and makes his pronouncement, he claims that he will make available not only the sustaining power of the Holy Spirit, but also the power that provides for ultimate cleansing and sanctification. I sort of think, I just believe today that the church needs to be clean and sanctified. Dip them again. We need to go under. uh, The church needs to be clean and sanctified. And he's talking about that. This he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him were received for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Read that into your hearing. And it's important that we understand that that's what he was talking about. Uh. Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 8. And I don't believe, Jonathan, I gave you this. But it says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them, this is Jesus, the first part, the first chapter of the book of Acts. After again he had rose and he gathered his, his, his disciples on the hillside. And it says it this way, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. That promise is capitalized because he's speaking of the Holy Spirit. The promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. I love this. And the reason I wanted to read this is because here's what he says about John. John's baptism was the baptism of salvation. Jesus' baptism was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. John spoke and the word speaks of, of the of, of baptism of salvation of a fountain. Jesus speaks of the baptism of the Holy Spirit as a river. There are a lot of people saved that's never been filled, baptized with the Holy Spirit. They have a fountain which is great. I remember that fountain. But wouldn't you like to, to be promoted or wouldn't you like to up at one and, and get filled with the Holy Ghost and have the river? Yes. And that's what Jesus is speaking about. John truly baptized with water, but you should be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, verse 6 of chapter 1 of the book of Acts, Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel. And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you, you. And I believe this is for us today. I believe it's for you that are here today. I believe it's for every person. He says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And I just read it. And you shall be witnesses in Jerusalem and throughout the world. And this is what he wants us to know. Look at Roman numeral number one, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. We're talking about the third person of the Trinity, the Godhead. We're talking about the divine unseen presence of God. He's real. He's alive today. 
He's alive today. He is just as real today as the day of Pentecost. And he's just as active today as he was then if the church will flow in his spirit. Not only the divine unseen presence, but a distinctive from the Father and the Son, yet equal with them. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. When Jesus was here, he was with the disciples physically. But wouldn't that have been something? Wouldn't you like to sort of been like John the Apostle and snuggled up to Jesus? I would. Wouldn't you like to have heard him teach? Wouldn't you like to have seen him walk on the water? Wouldn't you like to have taken, seen him take that bread and that fish and break it and feed the thousands? He says, boy, wouldn't that have been something? Let me tell you something. When he left, he poured out the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit comes all the way down to us. But he just don't sit on our shoulders and in our heads and mind. He goes right into the heart and the soul. We've got an equal here and we can snuggle up to him just like we could have snuggled up to Jesus when he was here on this earth he's inside well I don't feel him he's there he came on the inside I think it's important that we as the church and individual Christians and believers and spirit-filled believers know that he is on the inside of us. Not just when we're in church, when we feel like it, not when we're just worshiping God and praising God and we're excited and hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. He's there all the time when you don't feel like it. When the doctor comes to you with a bad report, When your children and grandchildren aren't doing the way that you'd like for them to do. When your boss comes and said we can't afford to employ you anymore. No matter what you go through with. The Holy Spirit. The third person of the Godhead is there. Number four says has a specific role and functions in our life. What is that brother Don? Well. It's unlimited. I'm amazed at how Don Westbrook limits an unlimited God. You say, can you do that? Mm Mm-hmm. Psalm 78, verse 41, said the children of Israel limited, limited the Holy One of Israel with doubt and unbelief and rebellion. And if we're not careful, we limit God. Let's let's take the limits off. Let's let's say, God, you can do it. God's working behind the scenes. You say, well, I don't feel any different. I I don't know. Listen, God's working behind the scenes a lot of times when we can't see it, when we don't feel it, when we don't even understand it. So we're speaking of the Holy Spirit. And now, you say, Brother Don, I would love to have him not only living in me as a fountain, but I would love to have him on the inside flowing out of me as a river. You can. Yeah, but that's just for the preacher. No, 
That's for the elders. No, that's just for the deacons. No, that's for the leaders in the church. No, that's the ones that just can do all the great. No, it's for every believer. You want it? You'd like to have the active, moving, live Holy Spirit operating in your life? I do. I need him. I need him. I tell this all the time. You go to Romans chapter 7 and you see the struggle of carnality. You see the struggle of dealing with the flesh. We all deal with it. We may think we don't and we may act like we don't, but we do. My wife was in the foyer a while ago and I told someone, I've never seen her. What did I say? I'm going to keep this. You're supposed to listen to what I say and be able to tell me when I want to know what I said. I've never seen my wife get angry and go off. I've never seen her do that. Then they asked me, had I ever done that? And then I just kept right on going. I didn't want to go there. But she ain't perfect. And neither is anybody else. Because we all have, listen, but it does, God uses us. God wants to use us. And here's the way it happens. Listen at me. Fasten your seatbelt because I'm going to tell you how it happens. Jesus, John tells us right here in these few short verses how you can have that ongoing, active, flowing, powerful anointing of the Holy Spirit. First of all, look at, look at number one. It says we must thirst. If any man, any woman, we must thirst. Psalms 42 and 2. The psalmist put it this way. My soul thirsts for God. The living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Thirsting. Desiring. Psalms 63 and 1, O God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. Wow. It's... It just speaks to me today. This desert of a world. This lack of the flow of the spirit. And the the psalmist is saying, I thirst for you. Notice, notice that word. Look at A. Notice what that word means. Look at your note. It means an ardent, eager, famishing, keen, and consuming craving and Passion. That's words you don't hear much. That we don't see that passion much anymore. But the only passion we see in, in the church today, if, it's, if, if, if someone's done you wrong or, or if, if, if it's a sports activity or what do we get? Oh, we want to buy a new car or a new house or, you know, we can get passionate. But God wants us to be passionate over him. Passion. 
of the soul for complete union with God and the fullness of the Spirit. God grant it. If any man thirst, you say, Brother Don, how am I going to have that? I don't have it. And there are times I don't have it. And I, 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 I just want to have that. Look at number two. or B, you cultivate a conscious hunger and thirst for God. You pray. You pray. And you pray. And you read your Bible. And you set aside time just to wait on the Lord. Last Friday night in the, in the, in, in the fellowship hall, it was a time of prayer. And it was one of the most beautiful, beautiful times. Because you could just, with the music in the background, the lights down low. And, and sitting around on the altar, sitting around in the corner, sitting on the floor, sitting in a chair. You could just bask. Bask in the presence of God. Let me ask you something. How long has it been since you have really, literally basked in the presence of God? Push aside everything and just waited. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit gets a hold of your heart and squeezes it until liquid comes out your eyes. How long has it been since we've cried before the Lord? I'm not talking about crying over shame or crying because we are hurting or crying because we are sad. I'm talking about crying with the, with the presence of God, the Spirit of God on the inside doing this to you. Listen at me. That's real. You must say, all you want is a feeling? No. I serve God if I never felt him again because we live by faith. We walk by faith. We serve him by faith. But it sure is nice. It sure is nice to have that feeling. I love my wife why ever feel or having any affection there. We're married. We've got the... we've got the marriage license to show, but isn't it nice when you just and that's the way it is with serving God. It's nice. It's wonderful when you begin to express to God you love him and then he expresses back his love. You cultivate a conscious hunger and thirst for God. God we hunger So first of all, we thirst. Second of all, we come to Christ. Listen to what Isaiah said. He says, an invitation to abundant life. Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Come to him. Come to him in prayer. Purposefully kneel before God in prayer and stay there. We old timers used to call it praying through. I don't know that I hear that much anymore. Did you pray through today? Yes. That means you stayed there. 
That means you knelt with faith and expectancy. And you rose from that time of prayer, whether it was five minutes or 35 minutes or an hour and five minutes. And you rose with faith in your heart, knowing that God had heard you and it was going to happen. He said, come to Christ. Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. God desires that. We come to Christ because Christ is the source. Someone says, I want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Seek Christ. Seek him. Love him. Put your arms around him. Let him put his arms around you and have a relationship with Jesus. You say, Pastor, you believe that? Yes. That's what he wants. And you can shout. You can speak in tongues. You can dance before the Lord. How long has it been since we've danced before the Lord? Since we've danced before the Lord. Let me ask you, how long has it been since we really got excited and emotional about praising the Lord Jesus Christ? We first of all must thirst. Second of all, we must come. And this means a complete surrender of the life, the whole will of God as light is received. I like that. That's a great sentence. That's a great statement. Abandon yourself to him. The problem with America today, the problem with individuals today, the problem is that we don't like to abandon ourselves to anything. We're reserved. We're too reserved sometimes. It's okay to let the guard down when you're with Jesus. Say, come on, Lord. I remove all the stubbornness. I remove all the pride. Forgive me of my pride. Forgive me, Lord, of not nudging up to you. Forgive me, Lord. Let your guard down and let him flood your soul. Flood your heart. My, my, my. Abandon yourself to God. First of all, we must thirst. Second of all, we must come to him. And number three, we must drink. Revelation chapter 22, verse 17. I love this. The Amplified Version says, The Holy Spirit and the bride, the church believers say, Come, let the one who hears come, and let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who wishes to take and drink the water of life without cost come. What does that mean? Look what we have. What we have, drink the whole hearted reception into one's life, the gifts, the fruits, and operation of the Holy Spirit. The problem is we're so reserved until we, well, I might let the Lord do thus and so with me. I might let this happen to me. But Jesus Christ wants everything. And I sing that song, I surrender all. I used to sing that song, Believe in I Had. Now I sing it. Trying to exercise faith. I I want to surrender all to him. How long has it been since we've really surrendered all to him? How long has it been? We come and drink. Receiving spiritually that which refreshes. That which which strengthens and nourishes the soul. And we drink deeply. We drink regularly. And we drink constantly. 
Well, I don't know. About three years ago, I really sensed the presence of God and God moved on me and did such and so. It needs to be a constant flow. Am I, am I getting anywhere? I mean, I, I hope I am because I just believe this is what God is calling the church to do. Let me say this again. and I want, to, I want it to speak to our spirit and I pray God, pray God, speak to us today. We drink a wholehearted reception into one's life, the gifts, the fruit, the operation of the, of the Holy Spirit and reviving us spiritually. It refreshes and strengthens and nourishes the soul. Listen, listen, listen. If we come to church or we kneel before God at home or whatever we do in our relationship before the Lord, but if we come to church and we don't allow him to touch our lives, we leave the same way that we came. Why would Matt challenge us? Why, why would Dan challenge us for all of us to move into the arena where the Holy Spirit, where we totally and completely surrender all to him because we're not going to be nourished until we do. We're not going to be refreshed until we do. We're not going to be strengthened until we do. I mean... We just, we just need to do that. We need to sense that presence. We need to yield and surrender to him. If any man thirst, let him come and drink. And then the last one, and says, believe. John 14, 12, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes, not the preacher, just the preacher, Not just the deacon, the elders. Not just a few chosen ones. But he says here, John 14 and 12. I say to you, he who believes in me. The works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my father. And he's talking about the baptism there. He's talking about sending the Holy Spirit. We must believe. We must believe. Ephesians 1.13 In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And I'll go back up one. Jonathan, Galatians 3 and 22. The scripture has confined all under sin. But the scripture has confined all under sin that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ may be given to those who be Leave. Amen. Those believe in and obey the word, the whole gospel program. Believe the gospel. You say, preacher, what is the gospel? God sent his son. His son came and lived on this earth. He grew. He had a ministry for about three and a half years. He was crucified. He was buried. He rose. And he sits today in heaven at the right hand of the Father. That's the gospel. That's, that, that's, that's it in a nutshell. Believe not only part of it, but believe the whole gospel 
Probe him. Believe the God of the impossible. I'm closing, but listen to me. Listen to me. Pentecost was a flowing of the Holy Spirit into the believer. But here Jesus is saying, out of your belly, out of your stomach, out of your heart, out of your soul, out of your your innermost being shall flow. Flow. So what is it doing flowing out? If, 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 If all we need, listen to me, if all we need is to be blessed, why don't it just stay there? Because it flows out. Why? Why? Pray tell me, why does he flow out? Why does the river constantly run? Look at it. We become channels of spiritual refreshment to others. There are three ways in which the river of living waters flow out of the believer. Listen to this. From the believer to God in worship. Ah. Ah. The church. Just standing, kneeling, laying. Sitting. In the very presence of God. And it flowing. It is more than just words. It is more than just coming from a head knowledge. It is more than just a repetition. We know the song. We can sing it without thinking. It is a deep moving of the Holy Spirit flowing in worship to God. Worship to God. Number one. Number two. Private self-edification. 1 Corinthians 14, 4, Jude chapter 1, verse 20. And you can read those later, but it's talking about the gifts of the Spirit. It's talking about praying in the Spirit. Jude, verse 20, talks about praying in the Spirit. Listen to me. How long has it been since you've edified yourself? And I hear people say, oh, speaking in tongues just edifies the, the believer, just the individual. But God in heaven knows we need edification. You walk out that door, it's just like a hitting you right in the face. Evil, you can't go anywhere hardly that you don't see immorality every way you turn. And the church needs to edify itself on its knees, speaking in tongues. Wow. Aren't you glad God gave us that ability? Aren't you glad God gave us that that wonderful gift? So it flows out. From us to God, it flows into us to edify us. And number three, it flows out of the believer to others. And I read this last week and preached on 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 4, how that each and every one of us has been been given a gift. You have a gift. I don't do this often, but I'll do it this morning. And I, I hope I'm okay. I hope I won't embarrass anyone. As I've prepared for the last two weeks, I've seen two people, and there's all of us. I've seen two people that I've seen the Holy Ghost flowing out of, and that's Michael Britt. I've seen the Holy Ghost flowing out of Michael. 
And Ronald, I've seen the Holy Ghost flowing out of you. You two, you two young men, God wants to use you mightily. And I can, it's been on me for two weeks how the Holy Spirit wants to flow out of you. Flow out of you. Out of you. Come and help me. Come, Brother Denny, you guys help me sing. Sister Judy. Brother Matt. The great. Now, I mentioned those two men, but they're not the only ones. A number here. A number here. And I mentioned men. There's women here. I don't want to ever, any woman to ever think that it can just flow through men. It flows through women. Every one of us. He wants to flow through us. 